Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody around the world, and welcome to another Spurs show. It's Theo Delaney here coming to you from London's glamorous King's Cross in, our, in the Spurs Show studio. And I've got two excellent guests with me today who bring a wealth of experience in following and being deeply involved in Tottenham Hotspur between them. In fact, between the three of us, I think it's, been, it's blighted all our lives. I, I think we can say in very different ways. We need uh, a doctor for the <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hills is back. How are you, Kevin? Yeah, good. Thanks, Theo. Kevin, I, I, occasionally I like to remind people this. How many games you missed in the last however many years it is? Uh, I think it's three since 81, but I've been going since 68, 69 seasons. So wow. It's a little while. What about yeah. that? Yeah. That, is, that is quite something. And to my left, a veritable Tottenham Hotspur legend, Mr. Mike Rollo is here. How are you, Mike? Legend, gosh, that's uh, that's uh, an honour. If well, you can say that, I would I would say that myself. Well, but uh, but yeah, it's like really nice to be here. Yeah, my second time. Yeah, your second time. Mike, you were on with Mike, Mike Lee before, of course. And um, I mean, I do think of you as a legend because your name was always right there in whatever was happening at Tottenham. Your name was always in there. And, of course, you ran the commercial operation for many, many, many years at Tottenham. And uh, as I've sent you before we went on air, I, I've made, uh, in my day job, I make TV commercials. Whenever I always used to try and film at Tottenham whenever it was a stadium for obvious reasons. And they, you were always there, always there, cutting the deal and making us feel at home, which was great. Yeah, I think the thing is, the way it was then, and you know, and I, that's why probably, for me, there were pioneering days, because you did everything, really. You did, I, I mean, you know, right from... Running the Spurs shop or having a hand in overseeing it anyway, the lotteries yeah. and that closed, but then of course Spurs line. Yeah. But of course, even the cutting those deals when used to come yeah. along, I mean, uh, they were looking for places to film, uh, you know, commercials or, yeah. Or, yeah. or TV or, or film mm-hmm. even. And yeah, there was, there was something to be done there. In fact, actually, probably. Listeners may remember uh, that, uh, what was it, the fo- footballers' wives. 
that went that ran for a few years yeah. and uh, yeah so that was did a uh, bit of filming at White Hart Lane did they yeah that was fun to do yeah, yeah it was it was interesting when you see these 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 lovely ladies going in <laughs> and getting all uh, dressed up uh, and uh, coming over around the car park ready to film you know and it, and it was about eight thirty in the morning you know yeah all glammed up and yeah come, coming yeah. out of hair and makeup yeah, yeah exactly. in the old trailer yeah, sod the football eh? <laughs> <laughs> mind you if my wife even Kevin Hills would miss a game for that <laughs> possibly you know, I, I would say if my wife's listening I was just you know, of course like, I just looked that's all absolutely yeah. of course uh, anyway, so on the, on tonight's show, we're going to look back at uh, the Southampton game. We're in a strange sort of hiatus in the season because we've got this strange, oddly titled uh, mid-season break. It doesn't really feel like quite like a mid-season break because there are premiership games, but obviously what they're doing is they've halved one weekend and split it over two. So all of, as we speak, most of the squad, I assume, have got their probably still got their feet up basking in sunshine somewhere. They're probably coming back tomorrow to do two or three days training before Villa. I imagine that's what most of the Premier League teams seem to be doing. They seem to be giving their players a chance to actually get away and get, in, get some current bun. Not all of them, actually. Everton didn't allow that because he wanted some time with them, didn't he, Ancelotti? But anyway, who cares about them? Absolutely. It's not the Everton show, is it? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> Let's talk about that Southampton game. Now, that Southampton game... <laughs> especially coming hot on the heels of the Man City game, was something of a curio, wasn't it? It was a strange old game. What did you make of that, Kevin? Well, yet again, I mean, we're, you know, we're playing a home game and, and with 30-odd possession. Yeah. Um, which I think is, having watched Poch sides for the last five and a half years, yeah. which are predominantly 70%. possession-based, aren't they? Um, it takes some getting used to. You know, you're, you're defending so deep at home. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you're, with respect to Southampton, you, you you don't expect that to have so Absolutely. little possession. And really, let's all be brutally honest. If it wasn't for the last fifteen twenty minutes, when you know he changed to a four from a from a three at the back, and and you know we we actually showed that um, you know we, we we can attack. And, yeah. and that last fifteen twenty minutes, you know, it, it was it was us, uh, you know. Uh, Pushing on and and, yeah. and looking like we could get a result, um, but uh, it, I don't know. It's um, it, it's a very difficult one under Mourinho to to really gauge anything yeah, at the moment. Quite honestly, what, was that the plan? Because we've won now two in a row there. It's good, one very good team and one good team. Mm. We've been outplayed. It would appear, and yet we've come out on top both times. It, maybe this is just the plan. Maybe this is how he does it. But but it's uncomfortable to watch because it's almost slightly embarrassing to be at home and have that little possession against Southampton in particular, mm, mm, isn't it? What do, you, what do you think, Mike? Well, I, like yourself there, Kevin, I mean, it really, it was difficult, wasn't it? Three quarters of the game. It's um, how... You know, and how we kept a clean sheet was was down to uh, you know the, the defence just about holding. I think that I think there's certainly for me the thing that stood out that I could see throughout the the, the whole game. I thought uh, Harry Winks had a good game, mm. mm-hmm. uh, and I, and I think that we, I, I probably rather talk about the, the positives that came out of it. Uh, and of course, when Delhi came on, uh, that changed the game. But I, 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 I did worry, of course, when uh, the Ings women scored. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, but somehow that just seemed to wake us up. Or, yeah. You know, but not you know, and and I thought that really that that last fifteen, you know, was well, you know we were on the seat of the edge of our seats, weren't we? But at the end of the day. It, it turned out to be we all went away with a smile on our faces, but it, yeah, of course, there, there, there is a bit of, a, of an inquiry for us, I suppose, to say, you know, 
why, of course, we we allowed them to ha- allow have have so much yeah, possession. I mean, that three at the mm. back thing. I went to Norwich away. You probably went. Um, yeah. of course you did. Yeah. That was a game where they started with three at the back, and we were like being outplayed and outpossessioned by Norwich. Yep. And then he changed it. He, he took one, he took a defender off, changed it, went to four, and, it, and everything seemed to be okay again. Yeah. And it, this seems to happen more than once. You think, who is this coming from? I'm quite interested in that. Young fella that sits next to him on the bench and is in his ear constantly. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. don't know about you, you, you guys. I mean, I, I have young people work for me, but if they were just banging on in my ear throughout every the whole day when I'm trying to get on with me, doing my job, I'd find it quite annoying. But he just seems to take it all in. I just wonder whether that young fella is the one running it. Or is he being ignored? One way or the other, I don't know. There's, there's something strange in that relationship to me. I, I can't yeah, work it out. He seems to be, uh, uh, you know, from what I've read and probably know more than yeah. that. You know, he's a, a really young guy. Um, yeah. Mourinho rates him. Yeah, he's highly rated. And, uh, you know, he's, what we're told is an attacking coach. Right. Well, so that being it's... the case, I, you know, at the moment, I'm, I'm scratching my head a little I bit on this. In that situation, and this is what I'm wondering, I'm, I'm wondering whose idea is it to go with three at the back and whose idea is it to change it at some point in the game? Maybe maybe then it's Mourinho who likes to start with three at the back and it's the, the young guy who's having a, you know, giving it to him in the, uh, that is persuading him to change it. Because, as I say, it seems to that's the moment it, that we seem to start attacking, generally yeah, speaking, yeah. and it all seems to click again and we look like... But it's almost almost perversely. It's like he wants to play like an away team, an underdog. He yeah. wants to try and hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, and then just go for it in the last. Which is that's a classic away strategy, isn't it? Yeah. Hang on, keep it down, keep the score down, keep it to nil nil or nil one, and then and then go for it in the last ten twenty minutes. Well, some would say classic Mourinho, and, and, yeah. and possibly it is. I mean, yeah. I, I think even our, our friends in Southwest uh, Postal District they, yeah. they, they used to. Uh, 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 complain about him football wise, yeah. but love the but results love the of trophies, and, yeah. the, uh, and the pots at the end of it. Yeah. But, uh, maybe no, that's I, what we'll I, end up doing. I just sort of think when you know when when we start with with three and and you know you've got your wing backs pushed on, you know we have got one of them uh, starting against Southampton, Sessing on, and and you know he's playing with obviously without confidence and, and you feel for the boy somewhat he's had injuries when he first came here etc but he seems a bit frightened and uh, I noticed Paul Miller picked this up yeah. in, in your live show um, yeah. the other week um, you know he's lacking confidence he's frightened to take anybody on yeah. and he t- seems to sort of take the easy pass all the time you know hopefully this is going to come yeah. but uh, you know he seems to have confidence in him because mm. he's, he's putting him, him in but um, I don't know this this, this, this three to start with up to now I don't think it's really worked no mm. I agree mm. Mm. well maybe you'll see that or maybe he thinks it is working I mean to, to get the, I mean, to beat those two good teams in the space of four days I guess on the paper you know in years to come when people look back at that it'll look like just like we're getting on maybe going, coming into some form but it just doesn't look like it the when you no. actually watch the game, I think the big thing about it. Let's face it; it's uh, yeah, the, the the match before Premier League, and uh, yeah, I mean, again, you know, Man City had all that possession, all those chances. Yeah. But for us in that FA Cup game, FA Cup uh, for me, and I think for a lot of people, is still uh, it gives the the opportunity for a trophy. Absolutely, and I think that we we all should be 
very happy, and I'm sure we are now, that here we are with a home game against yeah. Norwich. And um, really, uh, just uh, really getting closer and closer. We're in the running. Yeah, exactly. Which is great. It's thrilling, actually. I mean, you beat Norwich in the quarterfinals. Liverpool have got Chelsea, haven't they? So one of those are going to go out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, suddenly it could all open up, couldn't it? Mm. It could all open up like it uh, has. In the- and, of course, folks of our vintage, it actually probably still means something to us, doesn't oh, it, this, sure. this trophy? You know, and it's, Absolutely, um, yeah. Well, that's right. I think that uh, you mentioned Paul Miller there, and, and I know that I'd speak for him because he has said this to be, to be in the company of others, and that is that the players won a trophy. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they won a trophy, mm. and, and they know that pleases the fans. Mm. And so I think that really perhaps... You've got to uh, think at the moment, although, of course, who knows what happens in the league, you know. Uh, we're, we're still sort of, well, there'll be four points behind Chelsea, is that right, I think, something like yeah. that, at the moment. But, uh, but I mean, there's obviously, there's a lot of other teams there competing yeah. for that top four. Yeah. So I think, realistically speaking, perhaps, uh, you know, this could be our season, particularly with Mourinho's pedigree in cup competitions. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, of course, um, I know for a certain that all three of us were there last time we won the FA Cup mm-hmm. in those in that extremely distant past. I mean, who'd have thought it then, as we as we as we celebrated at Wembley that we would we'd be sitting here nearly what is it thirty years later almost? I know. It will be thirty years actually if we did win it. If Absolutely. We, yeah. Yeah. But I um, well, twenty nine years. But I remember that day. Because this is this is my segue now into talking to, about Alan Sugar. Because I remember that day. I'm not one. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not one to cry at football. I'm not a football crier. But one of the closest times I certainly welled up that day when we won the cup because two reasons. One, it had been an emotional what a game. And for talk about an emotional roller coaster. What with Gaza going off, missing a penalty, and all that, and going to extra time and all that. Winning it and Mabbott holding the cup after his terrible uh, experience in 87. So it was emotional in that sense. But I remember, and a lot of people forget this, that it was also emotional because the way the papers were telling it and the media had it, the club was in danger, serious danger, almost uh, an existential thing where Scholar had made such a massive pig's ear of the whole bloody thing that we had massive business problems. And the story was that Venables was in talks with Sugar but, of course, the club was a much more attractive thing to buy if it was in the European competition. And in order to get the European competition, we needed to win that one game. So I remember them going around, you know, with the lap of honour. And I, I remember welling up because thinking, not only have we won the cup, not only is this deep, deep joy in that sense, but I feel like it almost felt like the club had been saved to a certain extent. And because, and sure enough, within a week or so, I, I, as I recall, uh, Alan Sugar was on board, wasn't he? Yeah, and I just would just go back 30 seconds to what you said there a bit about Irving Scholar. Uh-oh. No, no, I mean... Did I speak out of turn? No, you did Well, I mean, I think the thing is, for me, I, I've, and I, you, you'll have to understand, for me, you know, being an employee of his at yeah. that time, I, I, I've got a sort of a supportive instance as such that I think that he would be the first to agree that he was a big supporter. Right. And I think perhaps, just perhaps... Uh, some of his decisions were, which led to uh, the purchase of various different players because he wanted to have the best team around him uh, was, was, was actually one thing but the balance sheet yeah. uh, was being affected at the same exactly. time and so I think that uh, we've got to applaud 
that, that, that time under Scholar. But as you say, uh, come that uh, cup final, it was touch and go for the club where, mm. where we were actually, uh, you know, with, we weren't actually in receivership, but very close to being. Yeah. Uh, the Midland Bank were really running the show. They'd appointed uh, their own chairman, Nat Solomon. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a crisis uh, is, is, the, is the best way to, yeah. to, is to describe it. What was it. the atmosphere like within? Because you were on the inside. Yeah. Was there a feeling of impending doom about the place? Were people worried? <laughs> I think what it was more than anything is that uh, you, well, one wasn't actually uh, thinking too much other than that. let's get to the cup final yeah. and, and it was that crest of the wave and with Gazza around you didn't really have a, yeah. a chance to really relax because it was all football and, and, and jollity as well. Yeah. But I, I think behind the scenes and particularly I saw this when, when I used to go to management meetings and I, I, there, there was obviously a... Uh, a, a need to create new income streams or to actually to get more money from uh, the, you know, various different the means. The sort of thing you were doing. Yeah, you know, and I mean... It's all about... It's, I'm afraid it's all up to you, Mike. Otherwise well, we're going, we're going no, I mean, I don't want to make it sound because it wasn't to me. I mean, obviously it's merchandised the whole thing. And yeah. of course, the, 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 the attraction of European football was there as well. Yeah. But I think that really what, what happened in the end, and we've all got to be thankful for it, really, because, I mean, the fact was is that we Terry, mm. um, he went out looking. It was, and Alan Sugar wasn't the first uh, uh, person he came to. He actually negotiated with several other people beforehand. Robert Maxwell. Well, so they say. <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd rather not comment on that one. I think that was more uh, of hearing talks with Irving Scholar, I think. But, oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Really? No. Uh, I don't think uh, Terry was involved, but I mean, mm. I, that's all hearsay and everything. And mm. uh, But I do know for sure uh, that, um, you know, shortly after the cup final, it, be, it became known that, um, that, that, uh, that Alan Sugar was in talks. Mm. And indeed... Well, you know, I think it was uh, manna from heaven, really, wasn't it? Because I mean, the the fact of the matter was, what a what a what a dream partnership we would have the best coach, people uh, would say in English yeah. football, uh, being uh, being paired with uh, someone who, let's face it, was a, a massive entrepreneur at that yeah. time, Amstrad and Star so on. Businessman. So I think yeah. everybody in the country had so, either had an Amstrad computer or a or a hi-fi system, you yeah. know. And I think that really he had uh, challenged commerce and, uh, and and built his business up. And of course, he saw Spurs as a, a sleeping giant. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he and, was a Spurs fan, as he yeah, I think he that, told. As he, as I said, again, I, I mentioned to you that I interviewed yeah. him for the 125th anniversary films, and I'd suggested to him that perhaps he wasn't a great big football fan before he took over, and he took great exception to that. And got very cross with me, shouted at me, called me a couple of names. <laughs> I've read the same books as you, Theo, obviously. Yeah, yeah I, I thought exactly that. I didn't yeah, think I mean, he that had was the much of an interest. And, but he claimed he was, a, he was a Tottenham fan and had been. He just wasn't one of those. He was quite busy, so he didn't go weekend, week out. You know, he was running his he business. He said he was in the right area. I remember when I first joined the club, uh, Amstrad had premises uh, uh, in Tottenham. Right. And, 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 but I, all I do know, and, and I can say this uh, most definitely is the case, and that is that having got to know his family very well, 
uh, both his sons, um, Dan- Daniel fans. and Simon, big Tottenham yeah. fans, yeah. and uh, as they are still today, and as indeed, you know, Alan is. Alan, is. Yeah, absolutely. He's yeah. a big Tottenham fan. He yeah. tweets about Tottenham now. I mean, he's probably a bigger Tottenham fan than he possibly, arguably, was yeah. before he took over. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. As you say, it seemed like a, a marriage made in heaven. We had the best, the brightest young coach and seemingly the brightest young businessman, and suddenly there they were, rescuing the club. We just won the cup. We're going into Europe. I mean, it was. I mean, that was a hell of a party that night. Did you go back to White Hart Lane that oh, night? I didn't. No, oh, no, no. The best party I've ever been to. Luckily, my wife doesn't listen to this podcast because yeah, I'm. Yeah. If, if I'm talking to her, I say it's the wedding, obviously. Yeah, but of course. honestly, that party in White Hart Lane, uh, in Tottenham High Street, completely spontaneous. No one had said, "Oh, we'll go there afterwards." Just everyone just went there on autopilot and parted into the early hours. The police came. They had no chance. They more or less gave up, sort of joined in, really, because the no. whole. You couldn't drive down the high street. No, it was no. unbelievable. The pub's doing a roaring trade. <laughs> and everyone waiting for Match of the Day and then watching it all again on Match of the Day in the pubs and like reliving it. Mm. Literally the best party I've ever been to. And I feel like there was a sense of relief as well as a sense of joy about it. Mm. I mean, did you, did you have that sense, Kevin? I, I, I did, but, um, you know, I, 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 I certainly remember the next ten years. And, and, oh, yeah. and, and in all honesty... Um, Purely from a football fan's um, perspective and purely from going to all the games and yeah. loving my club, yeah. I can honestly say I felt it one of the most depressing times as a Spurs fan. Yeah, Having I mean, been through relegation yeah. and, 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 and everything else and gone yeah. to all the games then. In the mid-70s was yeah, pretty bad. But I, I, yeah. I just felt, you know, we were the big fish when we were relegated and, yeah. and yeah. we were respected still. Yeah, I just feel we lost our respect and lost our way. Yeah, we slipped away from the era. Not, uh, the big table, dining at the top table, didn't yeah. we, basically? Yeah. We just said we just away. Uh, and you know what? When you look back... You wonder, was Sugar... I mean, Sugar, it wasn't like he never bought any players. And it wasn't like he didn't hire the best... He always thought he was hiring the best manager. I always felt like, although he had um, lots of people fell out with him, um, I always felt he seemed to be acting in good faith and he seemed to be wanting it to be a mm. success. Like, because he'd always been a success. He'd made a massive success of his other businesses. Yeah. Why wouldn't he want to make a success of Tottenham Hotspur? The trouble, I suppose, with some businessmen is they can't... There is a conflict, which is which is basically what you're saying about Scholar. There's there's actually a bit of an inbuilt conflict between on the pitch success, or there can be on the pitch success and off the pitch business success. It's very difficult to achieve both. If you get that perfect harmony, I mean, you know, we have it today. We have fans debating the the merits of Levy. Some people say Levy's a genius and he's like the best thing that's ever happened. I, I think there'll be a statue of Levy, you know, because of all the amazing things he's done. But lots of fans. You know, and I sympathise with the other view, which is that, yeah, but we on the pitch, we don't buy the players we need at the right times and everything because he's always holding back and everything. And we should have won the league in the last few years if he had just done that little bit more. And... But I, I do think this is the case with, with, with Sugar and, and, and with the Levy era is, you know, that they've both probably tried very hard to get the best coach. Yeah. Um, let's look at Levy. You know, what did yeah. he have, 10, 11 attempts before Before he got Poch. Poch, yeah. I don't it's think anyone expected five and a half years of, let's be honest, you know, 
being right up there, yeah. Champions Back League at the top every table year. For the first time yeah. since before Sugar, yeah. But it took him a very long time to, to, to yeah. drop on it. And, and again, you can't say he didn't try. No, there's so much luck in Probably the same with Sugar. And, yeah. and I, I'm going to call at the time, probably, well, who was his most successful coach? Sugar. Francis. Probably, yeah. Probably Seventh Francis. in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably, finish. Yeah. And I think that was yeah. his best finish. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, a club of our size. Yeah. I know we're not traditionally known as, as yeah. a, a league club, are we? But, no, but you know, we, we, we expect to be there and competing. Yeah, and, and of course, in the 80s, we had been. I think it was regarded that there was a sort of a big four then, wasn't there? Was, yep. it, was it us and yes. Liverpool? And well, it was the five. Wasn't five, it? rather. Yeah. Big five, that's yeah. right. It was, the, it was the Merseyside Club, Man United, us and Arsenal, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and we were very much part of that. And we were very, very much a leading club in the 80s, weren't we? Yeah. But yeah. with Sugar, I wanted to ask you, Mike, because again, you were on the inside. So how did it change culturally and atmosphere and ethos wise when Sugar comes in and Scholar's gone? Well, there was a, a period. Of what was it? Two years um, in between. With, with, no, with with, with Terry yeah. uh, as chief executive, and so he kind of ran the club, if you like. Yeah. And and uh, and, and and Alan Sugar was running the PLC, if you like, as right. well. You know, and so you saw I, I, from a staff uh, aspect, one didn't probably see a lot of difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I I certainly saw myself gradually. Uh, that um, Alan Sugar was taking a bigger interest in the big, in the in the whole picture, uh, but of course at the same time he was relying on Terry mm. uh, as chief executive to to run the company, um, and that's the way that Terry wanted it, mm. um, uh, as I as I see it. Um, I think the big difference came when uh, obviously the divorce happened, yeah. you know, uh, if, if that's the right word for it. But uh, when, when Terry departed, uh, and and that's when. Um, Alan Sugar certainly uh, got involved 100%. Hands on. Yeah, and I think that really uh, it was a culture shock uh, to everyone at the club. Uh, uh, we, we, we know him now uh, through on television and so on, where mm. people see him on Apprentice. And, of course, they also see Claude Lintner, for example. Yeah, who was also uh, on the inside. Yeah, well, Claude was appointed uh, chief executive. He'd done, he'd done a job for Alan for many many years yeah. in, in senior positions and i think that from again from a from a, a, a manager's point of view where you know commercial manager as i was then um aspect i think i think we all had a, again a culture shock i don't keep mentioning that word but i think what it was is that for, for too long perhaps our disciplines of running an, uh, the business had lapsed slightly i'm not saying that we were Slappy, slapdosh, whatever. But for example, even the most simplest things of, like you know, when you were purchasing something, you know, you had to get three quotes, uh, and and present them, and uh, you know, and then the the signed order would be, take place. And I know these are things which happen in businesses all around the yeah. country and run successful businesses. But I think from the club's point of view, it had never been run so tightly as a business. Yeah. Now, there will be people who will say, oh, that's, that, what, what about the football? But, of course, one thing's for sure is that um, the club had come from the brink of going out of, in, into extinction. Mm. extinction, And so that where, where, where it was, was it was all about really getting the club on a good financial footing. Don't forget, I think at the same time during that, that period in the mid-90s, uh, Leeds United, look at them. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. they, no. they purchased, mm. bought and bought and bought. Yeah. 
Uh, and uh, well, they nearly went out of business. Yeah. Uh, they're, still, not... they're still recovering now. Yeah. Well, exactly, now. you know. So I think that really a lot has got to be said for uh, you know Alan Shearer yeah. uh, that he and with with, the, with people like Claude around as well that they steered the ship, uh, you know, in, in that direction. Okay, they, he put his faith in various different managers, and indeed, uh, as, as you'll recall, I mean, you know, he was not slow to put his hand in the pocket to try to do something about it when. Aussie, who we all expected, you know, it would be the glory, glory days again with him and Steve. Uh, but uh, he, he certainly had a help, didn't he, when, uh, when Jürgen Klinsmann was bought. And that yeah. was very much down to... Yeah. That was all down, was to, all Alan. down to Alan. Yeah. And then he also bought Dimitrescu and then later Popescu, didn't Absolutely. he? So he was investing in big stars and... Yeah, so and I, I think work t- t- credit where credit's due. And, uh, and uh, he, he, he did battle with the FA, you know, as yeah, you know, about, all that, back. that points yeah. back and everything. I always remember the time... Just the first match after that happened, I happened to be in the corridor that ran alongside behind the the, uh, the, the director's box, which you know, I, I never went into. But but I, I, on, on each end there was the building, the suite, one end of the corridor, and the Centenary Club. These were these were commercial areas. Mm. I always remember, sort of, on my way back along there. I happened just to see him walk up the stairs, and then all of a sudden, uh, there was a spontaneous round of applause that went, went rang round all the upper tier of the West End. I think it featured around the ground because that was the first match that he, he'd taken his seat after successfully oh, beating. Right. And and I had to say fair dues to him, yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. So I think that really, yes, there's no doubt of it, Kevin. You know, as from a football point of view, it was very disappointing. Mm. Uh, I, I can see that, and uh, and I don't forget I had to uh, I had to suffer in lots of ways because obviously trying to sell the club yeah. uh, when we were where, but there were lots of underlying factors. Dare I say, it, Arsenal all of a sudden you know I wouldn't say got lucky, but all of a sudden Arsenal Wenger yeah. arrived yeah. and, and, and it, that they did get lucky. It is lucky, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you know. So, I, uh, but I, yeah, like I say, I think that. Uh, there's certainly loads of stories along the way uh, and lots of funny things that happened. But one thing's for sure, um, I'm talking away here, one thing you couldn't do with uh, Mr Sugar was to waffle on. Because <laughs> he, yeah. he, he couldn't stand... He, got, he, he, he get to the point oh, and absolutely. get out. Yeah. I, I remember the days... Seems that character, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Somehow. I, and yeah. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me mentioning this, is that, that there were days of the fax machine. Yeah. This is before the internet and, yeah. uh, and emails and so on. So, uh, so uh, he would be over in his offices and, you know, Brentwood or whatever. And uh, so I would have a, a, like a, you know, a proposal to make about doing something or whatever. So I would uh, type it out, get my secretary to type it out all nice and neatly on a nice fax, you know. And we put it in the fax machine, waiting for the reply. And uh, if I was expecting to get another piece of paper back typed out by his secretary, no, what he would do, he'd write on it. Yeah. Uh, it'd either be, no, you must be joking, yeah. or go ahead, AMS. <laughs> Just yeah. And yeah. that was what he was. And I, and I think yeah. that, to be fair, he, he let the managers manage. Um, he has certainly had a lot to say uh, if you were doing wrong. Uh, but I suppose, and, and certainly, you know, you, you'd have to ask the people at Amstrad. So I understand they had uh, guys working there for 30 years or whatever more. If you, if you did your job, you were there. And I think the same thing applied to people at the club, the managers at the club, uh, the various different department heads. Mm. But one thing's for sure, the manager, the team manager, was the casualty in many ways. Mm. Because, let's face it, you know, he, he wanted the club 
to win games, the team to win games. And uh, sadly, you know, as you say, there, there were some uh, management casualties along the way during his reign. Yeah, for sure. I'll tell you one thing that, that has changed immeasurably. Um, I, I think I, I posted something on Twitter last week, and you'll probably know better than I, Mike, but um, the, the, the turnover of Tottenham Hotspur financially in 1991 when Sugar took over was 18.2 million, I think. Mm. The following year, this, the first year of the Premier League, it was just over 19 million. When you compare that to today... Yeah, I mean- uh, That's uh, one player's wages, isn't it? You, you, you'd think Alan Sugar probably got out a little bit too early there, don't you? Yeah, he got out too early, but he still, <laughs> he still did all right, didn't he? Uh, well, exactly. You yeah. know, he, he moans, but I think he, 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 what was it, four times his original yeah. stake. He, I mean, uh, football's an incredible he business. He made, but... All this stuff they're talking about, about TV rights, I mean, the amount of money that, 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 is, that swirls around from TV rights, especially the Premier yeah. League, it's just absolutely astonishing yeah it really is incredible and and you know football you know a premier league club or a top club like tottenham hotspur have only ever done in the business of doing one thing that's put you you, you put on about 25 football matches a year mm-hmm. you know you welcome people and you sell them seats you sell them some other stuff and that's what you do that's it and that's what we've always done but now what happens is these people turn up from sky and other places with great wheelbarrows full of cash just yeah. so they can put their cameras around and film it while you're doing it. You don't do any more than you would be doing anyway. No. And you just get these mountains. The money is just phenomenal. And this new plan that the Premier League are talking about to have their own TV station is actually quite an extraordinary uh, development. Because what what they could do is they could charge everyone a lot less than we're all yeah, paying already. And that. still make way more. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing thought. Yeah. Well, it is, and, and I think that most definitely, um, you know, that we know that um, the Premier League was the uh, the catalyst that yeah. started it all, yeah. and uh, and I think that uh, uh, you know TV money. I mean, as they, as it started with Sky, all those, back in those days in the early, in the mid nineties, uh, and we never looked back. Yeah, uh, um, and okay. Alan Sugar played his part in that as well, didn't he? In that deal. I mean, there's that incredible story. I don't know. I mean, that fantastic story about the meeting where all the Premier League, they're sitting around and, and looking at the offers that have come in. Sealed bids, aren't they? <laughs> I yeah. don't know where you were when this happened. No, no I, was, I, I was back in the office. No, no, but no, do you remember no. that, that I, where, I he, where he to, gets I on the to, phone to Sky? What, to, what's, that, what's that we're saying about the Third Amendment? I, I wouldn't actually... Are you, are you you, taking you, the, you're no, pleading it, though. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why I would say that, because... I, it yeah, changed to, history, didn't it? To, to be honest, I only know what I read. And, yeah. uh, but I, I think most definitely, there's no doubt about it, that... Um, uh, you know that really made Premier League football. Too right. Uh, you know, I mean that, okay. that moment. Okay. Now, now maybe the 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 viewers were, weren't a lot uh, in those days, and uh, you yeah. know, uh, but even then, you know what we what what Alan had done, uh, or Mr. Sugar, he, he had he had actually uh, created this in this. He kept on building, redeveloping the stadium, and we yeah. had. Uh, both the north stand and east stand, uh, sorry, north stand and south stand developed, yeah. and above there we had those huge what, jumbotron screens. Yeah, yeah. that was all innovative at the yeah. time, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I think that again, you know, he 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 uh, was was trying to change the the, the look and 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 the the entertainment value of the uh, of coming into the yeah. stadium. Yeah. So I think that uh, you know, but no, yes, that, going back to the TV deal, that that changed. 
yeah. Uh, uh, football. In case uh, anybody listening doesn't know what we're talking about, there's that there's a famous story where all the all the owners of all the Premier League clubs sit around a table. They've invited the broadcasters to put in sealed bids to buy the rights of the Premier League to televise. They open the bids. Now, at this point, Alan Sugar is in the business of makes he makes stereos, he makes computers, but he also makes satellite dishes. He's like the biggest supplier of satellite dishes to people who get this new thing, which is satellite television from Sky. He looks, they look at the bids, ITV have outbid Sky. So the, the rules are, they're sealed bids, that's it, it's the end of the story. And he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he runs to a phone, he gets on the phone to Rupert Murdoch or some, this is all alleged, yeah, some uh, alleged. representative yeah, yeah. of Rupert Murdoch. So he says, you stupid idiots, you've been outbid by ITV. Get a bike over here now with a bigger offer. It's got to be XX, whatever it was. And they did it and they got more money out of Sky Alan Sugar wins because he sells more dishes because suddenly you've got to get a dish to watch Premier League football. Sky built a business on it. Before that, they were struggling, but they got subscribers because people like the people sitting around this table, the exception of Leon, the engineer, he's just dropped off, he's just had his dinner, (laughs) are addicted to football. We have to have it. We have to buy a dish because we can't live without football. And the Premier League becomes what it is today, this incredible, the most successful sporting product on earth. And it's all because of that moment. Well, it's a lovely story, isn't it? it? Is I mean, I mean, I, Mike, I, I, Mike's having nothing to do with it, nor is Kevin. <laughs> they're both scared they're going to get sued. But they can come for me. I've got no money. You're wasting your time. Yeah. No, no, I, th- I think the, fa- the fact was is that, uh, you know, for, for many, uh, it meant that, uh, you know, clubs... It, it, it created a bit of a level playing field for, for many clubs as years went on. Yeah, I mean, which is well, great. There, great there's, 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 exactly. So one thing for sure now, the Premier League now, uh, with all the parachute payments and all the rest yeah. of it that goes on, I think it's made it for clubs who perhaps were going to be outside that top five, as you mentioned, which was prevalent mm-hmm. in the 1980s. Um, there's certainly, you couldn't call that now. I know, I know people talk about the top four because, of course, uh, with the Champions League placings. But I think that now you, you've got to say that, uh, uh, as is shown in the league table at the moment, uh, teams like Sheffield United. Yeah, and Leicester uh, City. And Le- yeah. Leicester City. It's competitive, you know. and that's Absolutely. what makes it attractive, of Absolutely. course. I'd, I'd like to think that that's, it's evolved again because, remember, we went through the period of what you could call the, the Sky Four. Yeah. And, and we weren't part of the no, Sky and Four. It, and it, I think it didn't look th- like that was going to change, and it really has. It, it yeah. didn't look like it was going to change. Yeah. And if you'd asked uh, a Liverpool Arsenal fan or whatever, yeah. they could never they could, have foreseen themselves being out of it. Having a problem that, getting that was into it. the It was a done deal. Yeah. We're the Sky Four. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this, this really got under the skin of... of Certain, well, mo- most Spurs fans who oh, were yeah. around at the time, yeah, yeah. and we and we're used to Spurs being part of the big five yeah. and and being a big player and a big hitter, and and all of a sudden we weren't. We yeah, were yeah. mid-table mediocrity, and and it yeah. was hard to take. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I I mean I, I think that the, the the thing for me which will stand out was was that um, you know we did have players. I mean, there were always there were these marquee signings. I mentioned Jurgen Klinsmann yeah. there. But I mean, uh, you know, we, we could go on. Uh, we, we, along came Teddy Sheringham, obviously, be, be, uh, before Klinsmann. Mm-hmm. And then you could talk about later later in, in, in that decade, um, Les Ferdinand and, and David Ginola. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and those Spurs supporters won't want me to mention it, but the emerging Sol Campbell, which of course he was obviously mm-hmm. doing good things for the, for the team mm. as he came inside, and of course the ever reliable 
uh, you know, Gary Mabbott. Mm. But I suppose my, my biggest sort of thing I can remember as such would be, uh, which was an amazing sort of time, that when Christian Gross arrived, because it was... On the tube. <laughs> yeah, you know, and... <laughs> And, and, and indeed, as was proved, he 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 did very well, didn't he, in, in Europe uh, afterwards when he went off. And, yeah, yeah, good coach. Yeah, yeah. good coach. But uh, it was a, it was hard for the players and hard uh, for the fans. Hard for the fans, uh, you know. And I, I would say that um, you know if the fans suffered, uh, the commercial office suffered you know, as well because uh, it was yeah. it was a time when when um, uh, we struggled, you know, and uh, but. I think the thing is, is that again, uh, you know, without wishing to uh, defend the board and so on and so forth, but I think that in lots of ways, uh, he wanted to have someone who would tell him, like, who's the best manager that we could get, and so on and so forth. And and indeed, you know, it, it was the advice that he was being given, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, along the way. And I think that perhaps the the, the last manager. Uh, that, that that he appointed in George Graham, again, you know, the, the die-hard Spurs supporters say what appointing a former Arsenal manager, mm. but um, as I as, as was pointed out to me, if, he, if he, all he had to do is put all these medals out in front of him and show what he'd achieved in the game, a little bit like the Mourinho of today. Mm. Yeah, I mean, at that point, George Graham, even more than Mourinho now, looked like he was he couldn't fail because he yeah. had done he had not failed at all at Arsenal. He'd only lost his job at Arsenal because of the bung. Yeah, and then he'd gone to Leeds and transformed them. Mm. He looked like a man. He, he he made a hell of a lot of sense. And what you were thinking was, I hate him because he's Arsenal through and through. Yeah. But if he wins three league titles and a couple of cups, I'll probably I'll, I'll, I'll probably take that. But that was another thing that didn't really sit, Theo. It is you, you just referred to the alleged bung, etc. Yeah, um, you know he he came to Spurs under Alan Sugar's reign. Yeah, and those two it just didn't seem. To fit, to no. me, it, you know. He, I mean, he was mates you, with Terry Venables as well, George yeah, Graham, wasn't yeah. he? And, and, and you, you said mm. rightly, Mike. You know, Alan Sugar was a so-called straight player. Yeah, straight Stick back for, for the right, doing the right, doing it. And he employed George Graham. I, I, I mean, just before George came along, we, we were struggling. We we, we 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 were down the bottom there, yeah. of the, you know, of the table. And I remember. Again, you know, and I'm. This is that sounds very much like me being promoting Alan Sugar. But again, what happens? He gets Jurgen Klinsmann to come back. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, because we were in dire need, weren't yeah. we? Yeah. And there's those. Remember those goals against Wimbledon? Wimbledon I was there. Yeah. So you know, Kevin, yeah. I can tell you. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly <laughs> were there, weren't you, Kevin? Yeah. Sadly. I mean, I mean, so there we were. So, but of course, it had to end, uh, and uh, you know, for for Christian Gross, and and again. Like I said just now, Alan Sugar probably, I'm only saying that this is allegedly, he probably turned around to everybody, who is the best manager we could appoint? Who, mm. who could guarantee? It looked like George Graham. Yeah. So, mm. let's face it, he got him. And, uh, okay, yeah, you know. Uh, Turned out to be useless. Well, <laughs> well, he did win a cup. We won a cup. We won a cup. It's the same though with uh, with the situation now. Yeah, I think last time I was on, I think it was the day before something like that that Mourinho came to Spurs, and I right. I was on here and said, "Not a chance in hell." We yeah. all know that. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and to this day, it still doesn't sit right. No. Levy and Mourinho. Oh, no, <laughs> no. 
don't think, know. <laughs> no, I, I think I think the thing was, uh, from a personal point of view, from a, you know, and I and I know it was a view shared by many. Uh, and that was that uh, Mauricio Pochettino, who had, had been the, the best Spurs manager, uh, okay, without obviously getting it's that dream thing. that we wanted to do uh, for, for, uh, since, since the days of Bill Nick, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so certainly, maybe, you know, like Keith Perkinshaw would be an exception. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, um, I think the, uh, the, the, that announcement, when it happened, uh, there were some people who obviously were pleased, if you like, you know, who, who, who had become unhappy with mm. uh, the, the 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 lack of ambition and in terms of signings and so on and so forth. Uh, and indeed, along came Mourinho. I think that, in its own way, uh, it's a little bit like I mean, appointed uh, George Graham, wasn't it? Mm. In, in a way, yeah. you could say. Would yeah, you yeah. say? Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah, it, you know? is, yeah. it feels and, like that. You know, it feels like uh, that. Uh, but. Um, Let's face it again, you know, at the moment, uh, we're, we're, this is where we came in, isn't it? The, 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 where the, the results haven't been that great, but here we are now, uh, one step away, hopefully, from the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so maybe he'll do what Graham did and win a, win a, win a cup before, yeah. before, he, before he goes. We'd settle for it, wouldn't we? We would, <laughs> we, we would. Um, I'm going I'm to draw this, we need to draw this to a close. I just wanted to ask you, Mike, I could t- we could talk to you for hours and hopefully you'll come back and we'll continue to talk about you cause, because I, but one big question I wanted to ask about your time at Tottenham is you went through all these different regimes. I can't believe anyone else was there for that amount of time, uh, so, and so much on the inside and at the centre of everything, you you know where the bodies are buried, as they say. You you know you were there for all the drama of the scholar when it all went wrong. You were there through all the grim years of the nineties, and then through all the, you know the comparative um, uplands of the noughties, and then even better when uh, Pochettino turned up and everything. What's your secret? How do you survive all those different regimes? Um, how do I survive? Well, I think the thing is, uh, a throwaway comic is to keep your head down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, uh, you know, I know a lot of my ex-colleagues who perhaps didn't. And, uh, you know, um, but of course, at the end of the day, and, and this is for others to comment uh, on me, but I, I think the other thing, off the pitch, is as much as it is like on the pitch, and that is you've got to keep scoring the goals. You've got to deliver. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I was fortunate that... Uh, uh, that I was able to achieve that in many of the, uh, of, the of the sales that I did in terms of sponsorships and uh, uh, and, and the stadium uh, and indeed being a part of the team that um, uh, that which is a huge team now uh, behind the scenes at Spurs in, in this magnificent stadium we have. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that back in the days of White Hart Lane, um, yeah, I mean uh, we were a much smaller department and. Uh, you know, and it was uh, it was fun, uh, but at the same time a big challenge. But yes, I mean, I, I would like to say it's for others to, to comment, but uh, put it this way, uh, I'm glad it happened. That's Good, what I can say. Good. All right, I'm just going to just read out a few little uh, bits of housekeeping, which I should have done by now. Which is that uh, we've got a couple of great little live shows coming up. We got on February the 25th. We have got John Pratt. A man who whose service is almost compares with ours Brady. in terms of length of <laughs> practice. Yeah. Yeah. He's got some good stories. He's a very funny man, actually. We've had him on, but not for a long time. So we look forward to that. That's That'd February twenty fifth, March thirty first. We got Norman Giller coming in to talk about his new book, his one hundred and ninth book, Shooting Spurs, about every Spurs player who's ever, who's scored over fifty goals for the Lily Whites throughout history, right back from the late eighteen hundreds. Uh, go to season.spurshow.net to get your tickets for those live events. 
Uh, you can buy a season ticket there. That gets you two people in every month. It's a tenner a month. Bloody good value, that. Let's, I mean, we got, and there was a bonus show last month when we did that one for the Amazon people on uh, Transfer Deadline Day with Paul Miller and Ozzy Ardilo, so you never know what you're going to get. Also, go to Patreon for extra content, including a daily news show a mini, and a mini-series from the likes of Paula Hewitt and Willie Morgan and other interviews with past players. Before we go, Mike, I know you've got an event coming up. Tell us about that. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing's for sure, even though I've retired and so on uh, from the club, I'm trying to keep my hand in, uh, keep the old head buzzing around. And so I've got, uh, I've launched a little business called Mike Rollo Events and uh, my first theatre event is on Monday the 9th of March Mm -hmm. and it's at the Sandpit Theatre at St Albans and uh, featuring an evening with uh, Steve Perriman and Ozzy Ardiles. Uh, but it's a bit of fun as well, because we're there being supported uh, by comedian Bobby Davro, who's a huge Spurs supporter. Yeah. And indeed, one of my uh, uh, great friends, uh, and in fact, has sat, and also, of course, his partner's sadly no longer with us, that's Chaz. But we've got, uh, from Chaz and Dave, we've got Dave Peacock, who has promised to bring along his guitar with him, and uh, bear it in mind that Steve and Ozzy, uh, will have uh, obviously yeah. had that uh, pedigree of the FA Cup of yeah. 81 and 82 with them. Uh, and by that time, who knows? Uh, Spurs could be on their way to Wembley and it may be a, a cue for a song from Dave Peacock. Indeed, let's hope so. So that, where do people go to get tickets for that? Well, it's uh, on uh, the, 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 there is, if, if one would uh, go to uh, the Sandpit Theatre, if you just Google the Sandpit Theatre uh, and, uh, and their website will come up and, uh, and it'll, if you just click on the, uh, Great. On the right Get link. Great, get tickets there. Yep. Wonderful. Okay, now we will tune uh, later, just later this week, we'll be re- re- releasing an Aston Villa game preview show. So that's why we haven't talked about it in this show. That will be coming up later in the week. But for now, I'd like to thank Mike Rollo and Kevin Hills. And this is Thea Delaney saying, Kia would you Spurs? This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.